You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. To this month's episode of Anime Crash Course. Uh, today, with a very special guest on us, we have uh, Kian. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kian O'Callaghan from uh, Nerd to Know Media and the Game Corner, and I'm thrilled to be here. Just TZ's always hanging around, uh, and we are very excited <laughs> this week, this month. Uh, we are talking about the uh, sci fi saga from 2011. This episode is on Steins Gate. Uh, yes. What on earth is a Steins Gate? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so before we kind of get into the get into the series, bit of background on Steins Gate. So Steins Gate is a 2011 anime series developed by Studio White Fox. Uh, studio White Fox, fairly well-known studio, uh, best known for series such as Akamega Kill, uh, the recent smash hit uh, ReZero, and the slightly uh, tumultuous Goblin Slayer. Maybe another story, another uh, another tale for another time, possibly. Mm. But moving on, it was directed by Hiroshi Hamazaki and Takia Sato. Uh, no real major credits uh, to as far as Takia Sato goes, but Hiroshi Hamazaki, and you'll find this funny, Jim, is mm. pro- his most well-known directing credit outside of Steins Gate is for the anime uh, Marvel movie Iron Man: Rise of the Technovore. <laughs> I know that one. Oh, yeah. That's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, if you didn't know, it ter- there is actually, like, a, a huge market of anime, mar- of, like, uh, Japanese anime Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I, kind of a, it's kind of in the logic of, like, sort of every, there's, like, a mar- different Marvel universe for every single demographic, that kind of thing, like. It's, it's also just, like, where, you know, we have the, again, the direct-to-DVD kind of animated films. It's just literally mm. another market of that. Uh, my favorite little tidbit of knowledge is that in at least a few of the Japanese movies, uh, Deadpool is voiced by the same, vo- I couldn't tell you his name off the top of my head, but <laughs> is voiced by the same voice actor that does Dio in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and he brings no the way. same energy, and it's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, bringing it back on track to Steins Gate. So, uh, Steins Gate, as it's an anime series based, uh, is an anime series based on a pre-existing visual novel. Uh, the visual novel coming out in 2009, uh, being developed by uh, 5PB, uh, 5PB and Nitro Plus, two kind of uh, small-time visual novel uh, developers working under Spike Chunsoft. Uh, this developed as nine as part of the science adventure series, along with other titles such as Chaos Head and Robotics Notes and various spin-offs of each. And uh, now Steins Gate is definitely the most well-known, mostly from the anime series. But from what I could dig into, uh, all of the other uh, installations of the visual novel series are all fairly well critical acclaimed. It's all sci-fi, which, which is which isn't something you get a huge amount of in anime and visual novels. So it's 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 carved out its niche. Uh, so the series then ran for 24 episodes, being a complete core, a complete season. Uh, and that is what we are talking about today. So. Can I just ask, how many minutes do we have on the clock so far? Oh my god, not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. What I was hoping to ask is, no matter how many minutes it is, it's impressive you've made it this far without just mentioning time travel in general. Well, yeah, okay. I've mentioned it's a sci-fi series. <laughs> the big conceit. Okay. I suppose we'll, we'll kind of get into what is talking about uh, where Steinsgate comes from. What's it about? So the series follows... Uh, this is going to sound so corny. <laughs> Just happy to say it out loud. <laughs> the series follows self-proclaimed mad scientist Hoin Kyoma, uh, aka his actual, uh, aka his actual name is Okabira Intero, uh, a right. college student uh, working in the Future Gadgets Lab in a small apartment in Akihabara, Tokyo, uh, along with a colorful range of characters such as uh, his childhood friend Mayori and his uh, super hacker uh, roommate Daru uh, and the whole these are just a bunch of freaky nerd weirdos 
that hang around and really kind of do nothing all day until literally just playing around with a microwave, they unlock the secret of time travel. Well, I mean, that's that's slightly unfair because actually I was really impressed, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I was really impressed with like how there are many time travel shows. I really like how this series breaks down logistics of how time travel would work, if you know what I mean, even if it is by way of microwave. Oh, the show, it's, no, I'm not, like, the show itself is very, very clever. The characters are dumb. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, 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 not to kind of blow on trumpet, but I, once, like, the gang of six of them were together, I was like, oh, I'm getting serious nerd-to-know vibes. Like, just the six of them just hanging out and talking about nonsense, you know? We should rent an apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> like, for Katie and Lisa be turning up, do-do-do! <laughs> okay, we are at uh, we are at five minutes, and we have had our first two through. Good to know. Good to be uh, on See, I think I think if there was four of us, it would have been quicker. It would have been quicker. Um, <laughs> now, much like uh, much like with our Promise Neverland episode, I we are going to do kind of a hard cut uh, just because of because of the kind of the the the. the the time travel nature of the show. There's lots of reveals, mm. there's lots of uh, intrigue, there's lots of that. So we are going to be kind of breaking it down into a, a mild kind of spoiler, less spoiler full area. So up till about half the season, we're going to talk just broad themes, broad kind of thi- uh, broad plot beats and, and kind of get into the characters and that. And then maybe halfway through the episode, we're going to cut and then get into big plot reveals that happen later on the series. So mm. just a heads up, that'll, we'll give you, we'll give you a fair warning on when. On yeah, just, just listen for the do do do. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of them there's <laughs> um okay so we've already mentioned so i suppose we'll, we'll first kind of get into the uh into the characters uh i had there's a lot of like they're they're very uh colorful cast of characters mm. uh obviously we have our protagonist himself okabe rinto um and i i've got a lot of man in like my notes on this i ended up just, I'd say I've got a whole Google Doc page on just my my feelings on Okabe Rintero as a character as the series progressed. Yeah, because I... he does go on just a journey. <laughs> he starts off like, if you remember that show Invader Zim, if you mix that character and the human who's trying to get him into one horrible super being, I think that's kind of the like the sheer levels of megalomania Oh like, my God, and science know-how. Uh, cross that with your edgy cousin and you've got it. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, he, he kind of goes from, you know, being being incredibly just unlikable, kind of awkward to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of just like, oh, God, why, who's, why is this on your character? But, uh, like, I think for, you know, reasons we'll get into later, he does grow and he does kind of develop as a character. Mm. Uh, and I think, like, he... he Again, just talking broadly, he actually he is a very I found him I did by the end of the series find him a very endearing character. Mm. Um, God, why did I start with him when I said I wasn't going to do spoilers? We'll okay, we'll come back. It's to... well, well, like so maybe we should just do starting places then, considering this is time travel and it's going to get complicated very quickly. So where okay, does yeah. Okabe start? Oh, he's 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 a he's a loafer. He's so how how this man is affording an apartment in central Tokyo. He is definitely scamming someone out of money. <laughs> uh, like he is—he's—he's he's taking a—he's gov- taking a college grant, and running with it. Um, but yeah, like he—he—he he, he is awkward. He is—he is completely just—he's uh, completely yeah, self-aggrandizing. Yeah, you say awkward, but he has a weird, undeserved confidence as well. Do you know what I mean? When the when the mood hits him. Yeah. <laughs> It's, which is really ironic because his friend is like big into cosplay and he resists it, but he's cosplaying like Pinky in the Brain from the get go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's living a LARP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, okay. I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll use this segue then to kind of move into Mayori, uh, who is the, 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 the fun, bubbly, genki um, childhood best friend of the series. Yeah, if you scroll by Steins Gate on Netflix, like nine out of ten times, it'll be an image of her. She's wearing one of those like frilly dresses, and she looks very kind of very cute, cute and very, endearing yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, literally like her her most 
well-known phrase is the so that's that's about, that's about all you need to know about her so but no she 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 brings that real kind of an innocent levity to the situation throughout the entire series her having no concept of what's going on via time travel or really having any interest in the the science going on she's just there to hang out yeah it she... makes her it makes her kind of very dear and everyone's kind of and, and out of the whole cast kind of grounds them in a way mm. Yeah, it's like, do you ever, because I know we're doing a Simpsons roundup, it's like, do you remember when Homer gets intelligent and he suddenly gets very angsty? Like, she knows nothing about the time travel and she is easily the happiest out of all of them. And oh, I feel like there's something to that, you know? There's a, there's a blissful ignorance. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, as we'll get into again later, I'm dropping so many hints. Uh, the way her character not uh, like not develops, but like uh, how that kind of car- how her characterization carries uh, some of the later parts of the series, I thought was very very effective. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, it's it takes a while, but you realize there are kind of layers to her. Like, mm. and again, it's not like she's and she's not entirely uh, ignorant. Like she's she knows like she she knows kind of what's going on around her. She just she doesn't care about the science of it and even the fact that she works in a maid cafe like she's she's fully aware of like uh, her surroundings and she's not as innocent as she lets on no in fact considering the rest most of the rest of them are scientists kind of trapped in their own heads i think she is the most emotionally intuitive of all of them if that makes sense yeah yeah i get she, that yeah she she knows what they need when they don't because they're too busy looking at like chalkboards and that kind of stuff because she's here in the world right now yes yes she actually exists in reality uh uh, now talking about someone who doesn't really exist in reality we'll go like we've got their roommate daru who is Mm. your archetypical just lazy slovenly nerd hacker and and like again very much like okabe i i started off just hating this guy because like mm. he's again rude incredibly <laughs> misogynistic and just kind of there but as again as the series goes on the misogyny is still there and i have my issues with that but he does be he he becomes reliable like he is he is where okabe pretends to be a, a mad scientist genius mm. this guy actually kind of is <laughs> Yeah, actually, because we... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we were kind of talking about this in the shop. He is incredibly obnoxious, but A, he is never cruel on purpose, and B, while he's making all these sexist comments, he's also working 24 hours to get his friend's project done for him, usually without even asking. So, like, there is a sort of... There's a fierce loyalty to him. He would never make anyone uncomfortable on purpose unless he thought it was funny. I get what you mean, and yeah, I'm annoyed like that it never goes away. That's but like, like if, he, if he grew out of it, it would have been okay. But like that's that's it's one of my it's 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 a criticism of the show itself and the writing. Uh, hmm. But when it comes down to him, I like I didn't find him. I didn't. He didn't wear out his welcome, hmm. and he's not. Again, he's not too. Uh, it doesn't come up too much. Uh, yeah. But he's again. Yeah. He kind of he he he's the he, he's the actual brains behind the uh, the. The operation. Um, yeah. Uh, well, one of the two brains in this room, the other then being the uh, the the female lead of the show, essentially, uh, Maxi Kurosu. Yeah. Who is, this is the American character, is yes, it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, she is a... Yeah, she's an American 18-year-old uh, prodigy. She's a child prodigy. She's kind of ahead of her classes, and she's a natural, intuitive scientist and that kind of stuff. As yeah, we she, get she's, into, she's yeah. famous in the scientific fields for being featured in re, in various research journals. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And she has a slight ancestry with her dad also being a scientist. We won't get too into that now, but there's a yeah. sort of inheritance there. Yeah, so she's, you know, she's the other big brain in the room and kind of it helps. And like, it's when she kind of enters the, enters the ring, do they actually truly unlock time travel? Accidentally mm. again. Yeah. Uh, briefly touching then, so there's also kind of a cast of minor characters. There's Ferris, who is the uh, 
the the cat girl cosplayer who both owns and works in the uh, the cat cafe. Which yeah, uh, Taru... I'm looking at the cast list. I did not know her second name was Nyan Nyan. I uh, yeah, I you know I don't think that that's her actual surname. I th- <laughs> God, I, th- I think they mentioned it because her family does come up in the show. I think that that's uh, I think that's self-imposed. <laughs> Uh, there is uh, Rukako who is the uh, the son of a shrine priest in Akihabara who is who (laughs) I suppose for lack of a better way to work it just worships the ground that Okube stands on Mm. and kind of sees him as a pseudo mentor Mm. Uh, and then there is Moika who is the incredibly socially anxious uh Honestly, she doesn't really have much of a character. It's worth saying the conceit of her character early on, which is that she will only communicate through text message, even yeah. if she's standing within social distancing, distance of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's about it for her for, uh, you know, <laughs> at least 20 episodes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so she's just kind of there. Um, okay, and, you know, I'm just going to swing back to... Rukako for a mm. moment because yeah. this is probably one of my biggest gripes with this show. Right. In that, like, Rukako is portrayed the series goes out of its way to define that, uh, at least in the, the prime... Oh, God, this is time travel fuckery at its best, at its, <laughs> fucking, at its fuckiest. Uh, Can we write that on the poster if they ever do yeah. like a science gate like big event thing? Uh, Rukuko in the primary timeline of the series yeah. is identified and the show just goes out of its way to remind you that mm. Rukuko identifies, ma- as, identifies as male mm. uh, and is identified as male um, but presents incredibly feminine, incredibly light. Um, right. And it... There's, it's how the show presents it, and well, I'll, no, I'll actually, I'll, I'll say this kind of off the bat is that their their reason for wanting to change the past because that's you know that's that's a part of the series is various characters mm. kind of want to change what happens in the yeah. past uh, when they find out they get time travel is mm. that they want to become a woman in the right. dumbest reasoning. In, with the dumbest solution I've ever heard in that to is that to send a message to their parents before they were born to eat more vegetables because apparently that's how girls happen yeah Stevie kind of I told her about this and her eyebrow went like five miles above her head yeah eyebrows <laughs> through the roof um, <laughs> and but look this is a show where a microwave sent texts back in time I'm happy okay. to take a pinch of salt with the. Is it, so know, what's bothering you? Is it more about is it the logic or is it the representation that's getting? There's the your representation isn't great. It's a, if anything, it's just handled clumsily, um, okay. and how like the, it's it's the fact that the show feels like it just doesn't know what trans people are. Okay, I because I did I did flag this in our discreet text conversation, um, kind of a few weeks ago. I, considering what I've seen of anything vaguely queer in anime, usually it's kind of it's just gay and it's big muscly men with lips, sometimes without clothes. I was actually impressed that they were trying to represent a spectrum of LGBT trans in general. And I think so. Like, I think, yeah. there's, I think that there was a genuine... I think there, there, there probably was a genuine um, mm. attempt made. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and I can't I, really I, discuss it more without getting into the spoiler bit, but yeah. I, I could see why someone might get upset about it, but I don't think the show was going out of its way no, to it offend. No, it, yeah. it doesn't seem harmful. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. It, doesn't, it, it definitely doesn't seem to be... Outwardly attacking and uh, non-binary folk. Yeah, but it definitely it just it does come across just kind of clumsy and clunky and 
again, just definitely didn't seem to understand what it act like how it definitely didn't understand how to represent mm. uh, a non-binary person. And again, the the fact that they're you know because again they 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 like they explicitly say that they want to be a woman. Mm. And their solution is time travel text messages instead of transitioning. Mm. Just seems short-sighted. Well, how easy would it be to transition in modern no, Japan? I, I, that's what I I'm wondering. That. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, you know, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to speak to any knowledge of trans culture in Japan. Yeah. That's. And again, like this is a series from 10 years ago. So like, mm. there's obviously been a lot more modern sensibilities uh, that have kind of come into the world. So like it, mm. it is, I suppose I'm holding it to a grill, but I think the show does so much right mm. that this is the one that kind of flagged. And I think that they, I think it's, it's fair to point it out because I think that this would be a sticking point for a lot of people watching it. Yeah, but like I do like the way that the show introduces her informally as a woman without going into too much detail and then kind of the we find out later because like uh, i we had the same thing it's not an anime but we started watching Shit's creek and one of the main characters identifies as pansexual but not until seven episodes in when we're already familiar with his ins and outs and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and i think if they were going to do it at least they did it in a Again, relative to anime, a subtle way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, no, okay, that's that's yeah. Again, we're the curve. I'm 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 identifying it against all the other anime you've introduced me to, and I'm looking yeah, at the curve, and I'm comparing it to the big muscle man from uh, oh, One Punch Man. You know, the that's big fair, yeah, gay perfect. naked guy. Yeah, Purry Purry Prisoner is a, is a lot yeah. of complicated feelings. Yeah. I think, Put, man, yeah. We, we got spoiled for choice with Kobayashi Dragon Maid. That was good reference. That was it. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting this in the midpoint between Kobayashi and um, One yeah, Punch Man with a star for effort. Yeah, we are. We are. We have. We've we got a corkboard now of representation in anime. Yeah. I guess this is, this is what the podcast is now. Okay. Um, <laughs> There is also uh, Suzuha who mysteriously shows up at the Future Gadgets Lab, or should actually no, the CRT TV t uh, shop underneath mm. the Gadgets Lab, who yeah. is their landlord, who is also a character actually, is the owner of the CRT TV shop, yeah. uh, who's uh, Mr. Brown was his name. Yeah. Which actually, I suppose we never got into it. So did you watch the Sober the Dub? Yeah, you for the last three I've watched uh, the sub, but for this I watched the dub because I know what you're going to say. It's because J. Michael Tautum and uh, Christopher Sabat, who are All Might and uh, Ida from My Hero Academia, were in this. I was like, I gotta do, I gotta do the voice English voice. I've oh, got to hear sure. this. Oh yeah. Oh man. For sure. Like I okay. So I watched the sub this time round. Mm. But I've watched it in the past and watched it. Like, the first time I watched it was the dub. Mm. Both are truly... Both are fantastic. Um, like, the dub, yeah. J. Michael Tatum absolutely hams and eats every piece of scenery as Okabeer <laughs> intro. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very rare that you feel like the animation isn't big enough to keep up with the voice acting. But here we are. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's truly stellar just how just how much he manages to go in on it. And yes, Sabbath, like, you can't go wrong with Sabbath. He's obviously he's all might, but like, you know, when you pull in Vegeta for an for, for an anime, you're getting into a you're 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 in for a good time. Um <laughs> and again on the uh on the sub and then on the subtitle side, uh the like I don't have the I don't have a list of the cast in front of me now, unfortunately. But uh, the, again, very very solid performances. Again, uh, Mayuri's Duturu is hammered into my brain. Uh, but the big name <laughs> that stands out in this show is Okabe's Japanese voice actor of Mamoru Miyano, and like 
if you think that the dub actor ate scenery, <laughs> Miyadu made a feast of it. He he <laughs> truly just goes with it. And I think that's probably where like that was that that's this is the template for how you for how uh for how Patrick did it. Like he 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 uh Mamoru Miyano is is a is a veteran. Um I'm looking at his CV. He was like Yagami and all these like amazing kind of big lead characters. Like Yeah, no, and like I think Rintero is probably his one of his crowning achievements. Um his his other personal favorite of mine is his role as the name has escaped me, but the 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 lead uh, the manager in Zombieland Saga. But uh, uh, that right. is possibly another talk for another day, my friend. <laughs> um, What's kind of the hook early on, apart from like, you know, uh, Okabe's mad ramblings, is there's the character of John Teeter, who is kind of spoon feeding him these conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. Like, and that's kind of where a lot of the time travel stuff is set up. Yeah, like, how did you wrestle with the science? See, I don't know a whole lot of the, the time travel conspiracy theories. I was, we, we tried our best to get, uh, to get Dara. From Star from the network on because like this is complete from the dark fodder. I know he was <laughs> frothing at the mouth to talk John Teeter, but uh, it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah, like that's that's it. Like it it it, it revels in the in the conspiratorials of uh, of of actual you know real life uh, time travel conspiracies. Like one of the big things that that caught me. Was them name dropping the uh, the Large Hadron Collider in CERN, and just like pointing out, like again, like you know, kind of actually lightly touching on the science of it about how you know it. There was theories that this thing uh, in in hurling atoms at each other could you know cause a black hole, and then that kind of fell down the wormhole of black holes, the event horizon of a black hole bending time so much that hey, time travel could happen. And, like all of these kind of little things that just kind of tie it back that in a weird way this sci-fi show about time travel could happen in our real world it it, it grounded it in reality just enough to make it believable yeah and it really puts its cards on the table in the second episode when oh i'm, I'm terrible at japanese names but the uh american student character she oh, had uh, does a cursu she does a presentation on why all the science fiction in TV shows doesn't work. And she specifically references Doctor Who in an overt way, like referring to blue boxes or something like that. Well, so you know, I, they, I think that that's specifically, I think that's specific to the dub actually. So they took liberty there. I, I, I was going to go into this later, but yeah, because they reference Wesley Crusher from Star Trek and a few other American pop culture things. But anyway, I was very impressed with how it right off the bat, I mean, it's a slow burn in many respects, but it puts its cards on the table in that it explains first how time travel is impossible and then dismantles it step by step. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I, I actually, I, I'd say almost the opposite. I don't think it's a slow burn. I think it goes, it hits the ground running, but almost too fast. Like, okay. Light, again, light spoilers, uh, but the very end of episode one, when Okabe sends the text and appears in a separate world line in Akihabara, except it's empty this time. The first time I watched this series, that lost me. I was like, what the hell just happened? But like, it, it, it left me just, it didn't left me, it didn't leave me asking questions and being like, oh, what happened? It left me just confused. That's true. Uh, it's, it, that's, I think we're getting our terms mixed up because it takes six or seven episodes for the plot to get going yeah. in earnest. Okay, but, yeah. I, I, but, yeah important, but important stuff is happening very quickly. And I will admit, because I was watching this before it won the vote, if it didn't have that jamming theme tune, I may not have endured the first two or three episodes of just utter confusion. Yeah, the, uh, which also, for, uh, for reference, the opening is called Hacking to the Gate by Kanako Ito, and it is, it is a jam. It's for for lack of a better way of putting it. Um But yeah, like it does kind of take take time because it is you know, the gang get together, the gang uh figure out through just blundering their way through it that they have discovered time travel, uh, and then it's just kind of 
being scientists just kind of pushed the boundaries of it until they like they developed more than just they developed time travel by sending messages back in time and altering previous events um, and also by teleporting bananas across the room and kind of just like kind of impressive things but yeah. still relatively small scale for what relatively it is small scale. so they keep trying to up the ante uh, and then eventually do discover a way to transport the mind and the self uh, back in time. Uh, now, I think that this is where we are going to put our spoiler breaks on. Well, maybe before we go into the spoiler breaks, just in case this is where people hop off, like, why should people check out the show in general? I think it is simply because it is the it's the best show I've seen that is about time travel. Uh, like a lot of shows that have time travel involved simply use it as a plot device mm. or a MacGuffin. Yes. Uh, they like it's 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 used in a plot to get to a point. Whereas very few shows are actually about about the act of traveling through time, like the best, the only other example I can think of off off the top of my head is Back to the Future. Uh, but even this kind of gets into a lot more of the science. Then. Yeah, because so even Back to the Future, you don't know how that car works really. Like, no, and like I think like if you if you're really if you're looking for a really good hard kind of modern sci-fi, absolutely give this give this show a shot. Um, and it's on Netflix, so like you know, you don't have Netflix. to go sailing yeah. the high seas so, or any of that malarkey. Uh, Kian, if you have no more points to raise, uh, in that case, doo -doo -doo, doo -doo. Uh, please <laughs> do check it out on Netflix if you if you liked what we were saying about it. Uh, check it out on Netflix. Come back, and then you can listen to the to the rest of this episode completely spoiler free. Spoiler full area. Okay, so just to summarize where we are now. So the gang have discovered time travel. However, I love how you're calling them the gang. It makes it sound like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You know what? I honestly had, I had that thought. They are kind <laughs> of in it's always sunny gang. Yeah, it's just sort of like five or six strays who just hang out and get notions of ideas and have terrible consequences and never learn. And never. Well, sometimes <laughs> learn. Um, so, by this point, you know, we've, we've discovered the idea and the concept of the world lines through talking to the elusive John Teeter on, I think, what, Reddit? <laughs> they just, they kind of, they have facsimiles of various kind of uh, real life things. And I think that that was Reddit. <laughs> Yeah, it's. They said it was like a sort of a dodgy site. Like, yeah, so I think they meant they meant Reddit without saying Reddit. You know, or or four chan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, four chan. God, that takes me back. That's that's but anyway. Um, <laughs> and the point, and there they, you know, they've cracked time travel, and they're like, okay, we we we're gonna go public with this. Uh, and then episode twelve happens, and everything go, everything breaks bad. Yeah. And essentially, episode 12, I think, could definitively be called Mayori Has a Really Very Bad Day. Because by messing around with time travel so much, um, Okube and everyone else involved gets caught in just an endless... Uh, Would Groundhog Day be fair? Kind of, ex kind, yeah, kind of Groundhog Day, where no matter what events transpire, uh, Mayori dies every single time. Also to yeah. mention is that, but like up to this point, they have sent various messages that have altered the timeline in very subtle ways and small ways. Uh, but Okube has an innate ability to remember, to have memories of everything that's happened in all these previous timelines. Whereas no one else does. Yeah, so, and it's worth it's worth saying as well that the show explains very clearly that when Okabe does this, he isn't changing the present. He is kind of stepping right into a slightly alternate 
version oh, yeah, no, of reality. It is it is a multi-world theory. It is that yeah. all of these all of these timelines are happening and can happen. And yes. he he like by changing the past instead and particularly with his uh ability to remember it, mm. his consciousness is just moving from timeline to timeline depending yes. on the outcomes. Uh, would would it be a spoiler though to I know we're talking about the bad day but to also mention what the first text was in the series, because that's kind of important. Oh my God, I entirely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it earlier because even highlighting it is that's... kind of a spoiler if you draw too much attention to it. That's fair. We're, we're in the spoiler. We're in the spoiler yeah. field now. So yeah. going back to the first episode, the first thing he does unwilli- unwittingly is send a text to point out that Makise Kurisu was found dead. Mm. Uh, and by sending that text completely accidentally, changed world lines to where she's alive. Uh, and again, as they found time travel, they, they uh, helped a variety of the cast members with various issues, um, changing the world line so much that they got caught in this loop where Maori would die every single time. And this is... Going back to what I was saying as to Okabe as a character earlier about the journey he takes, watching this 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 self-aggrandizing, uh, arrogant man over the course of a 20-minute span suffer trauma after trauma after trauma, and watching that that overplayed confidence break down mm. it's effective like it like from going from a character i really just didn't care about all too much to be to being somebody to somebody who i just felt incredibly sorry for i i think they they hit the nail on the head with it i i thought it was very well executed yeah i agree and like the the thing that really makes it dynamic is that by the conceit of the show, every time he sees something horrible or fails to change something, he go, he is the same, but the characters reset. So nobody, you nobody see, else remembers. So yeah. you see, it in, and very quickly he adapts to this in that he has suffered trauma. He has seen his best friend die, but when mm. he resets, he can't tell anyone. He yeah. like nobody, nobody knows. Everything's li- everyone's living life as as it was, and it's it's also. And it's great. It's 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 how the show deals with time travel. This is one of my favorite parts of it. Is that is how it uses it as like a puzzle mechanic. And I think this this definitely mm-hmm. harkens back to the visual novel, or it's pulled very closely from the visual novel. Is how each time loop he picks up just a new, just one new piece of information, just learns one little extra mm-hmm. thing to lengthen the next time loop or to help him figure out how to how to prevent the next thing yeah because i mean it's worth saying by episode 12 like reality for him even before things go wrong is kind of a mess on the floor he needs a computer that he's lost he can't trust anyone he thinks there are agents all around him and all that kind of stuff Like, like from what they thought was a very kind of simple you know, minor changes. One of these mm. minor changes that they enacted earlier on the season completely cha- changed the landscape and the economics of a subsect of Tokyo. Mm. Uh, Ferris's uh, text earlier that at this point in the series we didn't know the content of um, to- just stripped Akihabara, a very well-known otaku hub, uh, mm. of its of its fandom and turned it back to just an electric town. Uh, so like he they like what it's 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 the butterfly effect like what could be seen as a minor change in the past has drastic consequences that changes the very foundation of the world in which we live exactly and like it's i was saying this to you in the shop the other day actually it kind of reminds me of being stuck on a level in a video game where it's like or even doing a rubik's cube or something where every time you try a new avenue the, the, to or explore a new possibility, you just get further and further stuck, and it's that frustration of not knowing kind of which angle to take, you know. Yeah, um, and eventually he does realize 
that the only way out is to just try and untangle the Gordian knot of various time uh, various time travel shenanigans that he's done to to undo what he did. Hmm. Uh, and I think this is where like where I love the pacing, like I loved the 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 pacing of the show up until this point. But I think this is where it just I could only think like when he starts undoing the text messages, hmm. it could it only seemed clear to me that this was ripped straight from a visual novel because the next three or four episodes are very much small self-contained stories that are Okube spending time with ex-female member of the cast. Yeah, but I actually I quite liked about that because the earlier episodes did so much setup. And like again, that dynamic thing of he's been traveling, they haven't. That basically all the elements were set up there for them to have a dynamic, whoever it was, for them to have a dynamic story together and have that bittersweet thing where he'd remember it and they wouldn't. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I don't know. So it just seemed very. I don't know. It, 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 like it. I had it in my head that, like, I, this just feels like I could be playing the visual novel as opposed to watching an anime and watching various kind of directorial styles, which okay. up until this point I thought it was doing very well, like, kind of interplaying between uh, various, like, the, the variety of the cast members. Uh, but this one just felt very systematically just Okabe goes here, spends time with him, spends time with X. Okabe goes here, spends time with Y. I can see that, but I think the whole show is built around the consequences. So each of them sent a text, you don't know what it's about, and now you actually have to explore and live in the consequences of that text. And yeah. essentially convince each of them to give up something incredibly important to them, just on yeah. trust, really. And he has to do that with his charisma, which as we've established at the start... He has none of them. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, no, I get that. I think this. I think I'm just pulling hairs at this point, honestly. No, I think I think I think maybe we're looking for different things from it. I thought it hit its stride at this point, but obviously this kind of wasn't sort of nourishing you in the same way. Not really. I think I I, I still I, I I thrive in the drama. <laughs> I, I like me some some slice of life kind of character character based, but I I I wanted I I, I lived for the suffering. I'll, I'll admit that now. Well, uh, it seems like this studio is the one to go to then, between this and RE Zero. God, yeah, no, White Fox love making people hurt. Um, so, as then the story goes on, you know, he he spends his time with Ferris and ends up convincing her to undo her text, which you find out is to uh, bring her dad back to life, which was mm. very touching, actually. I thought that was a very good episode. Considering uh, she was a gag character up to this point, yeah, that felt like a very hard turn, which was well earned. Like, oh yeah, it didn't, and like it didn't, it it, it was like it pulled the rug out from Mundia, but it didn't feel contrived, and I, I quite enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, and then there was Ruko, obviously uh, having to having to give up uh, their having to realize that they were uh, that they were a guy in mm -hmm. the other timeline and. Yeah, allowing Okabe to to reset that. Um, but then we get onto Moika, and as I mentioned, up until this point, she's kind of been a non-character, hmm. and it's at this point that we find out that they, or actually, no, sorry, reset. It was yeah, she <laughs> she was yeah, because she was the assassin that kept killing Mayuri. God, this I is this am... with the with the phone, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Fun fact, it's not easy to talk about a time travel story forward. No, trying to make chronological sense of this series on four hours sleep is, is you know, we're doing the Lord's work right now. Um, oh, I've, this is nothing. I've been, fun fact, my kind of uh, lockdown project has been to put the Doctor Who time war in order. Can't. <laughs> oh, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, uh, maybe I just like suffering too. Maybe, maybe we're maybe 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 we we'll all just need to hurt a little bit. Um, <laughs> but sorry, go back to your point. But yeah, so it's so it is it, it like middle of the series now, kind of going back. Uh, it's revealed that Moaka is actually an assassin, 
And it's, mm. it's, that's actually, that's the one reveal, like, this is the one reveal I really did enjoy, was mm. them being conspiracy theorists on, on 4chan and having all these things, like, how mm. CERN is the black, uh, is the dark government, and how there's, you know, it's lizard people taking yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna open up time travel, they're gonna <laughs> open up black holes under Switzerland. And they're kind of spitting all this stuff, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I get mm. you. Uh, only mm. for it to turn out to actually be true. <laughs> Only oh, I, I thought it was the opposite. I thought that like they were living in a world which was quite tame and through their meddling they had inadvertently created this paranoid thing. I I don't know. It's, it's that like I just seeing how extravagant the characters were and kind of that they were that they were conspiratorial by nature, I just it, it mm. caught me it caught me like a left hook when it turns out that CERN was real and that they yeah. were in fact trying to invent time travel themselves <laughs> uh, and that they would lit and that they literally had hit squads to prevent anyone else from uncovering secrets <laughs> well that makes sense though because like i think uh even star trek has its own version of a temporal cold war where once one person gets a time machine they all have to get time machines and they all cancel each other out so like there is some logic to that as an idea. All I've known basically on my very, very limited reading of time machines is that in order to use one, you would have to destroy it in the process to maintain reality's structure. So like, I don't know how much this would work in real life. Like, you can't see my air quote fingers. Yeah. But I think there is a precedent for this as a plot device. I suppose so. I just I think I just I didn't expect it in this show when I first watched it. Yeah, it's very grounded despite the time traveling bananas. Yeah. Um and so when we get to Moika's uh kind of segment of the story to, to unravel her message. Mm. Uh obviously by this point they know that she is a killer and like it's watching Okabe grapple with the fact that he has to interact with the person who he has seen murder his best friend countless yeah. times again it, it grounds him and just adds that that sinking dread as you kind of watch it but it's even worse than that because before he gets a chance to do that in one timeline she kills herself so he has to save the woman who killed his best friend it's so and we haven't even gotten into the fact that there's a time traveling character in the present before they start meddling oh god yeah oh god yeah <laughs> this show like this a... show's this shows a lot, you guys. This is going to be a multi-part series. <laughs> no, I think I think we're all right. Um, and so it's as, as they and, and in um, in so Suzaha, uh, sorry, Suzaha Amane is um, yes, the time traveling one. It's time traveling. Who we find out has been the the John Teeter all along as well. Yeah. Uh, it was revealed that she, like she was the one claiming to be John Teeter on Reddit and helping Okabe understand the the concepts of time travel. Uh, hmm. But going back to Moika, so it's as we are going through and unraveling her messages, do we find out that the CRT salesman underneath their 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 apartment, who is just their landlord all this time, is also an agent of CERN, has been the one coordinating Moika into founding the hit squad and has been like a mastermind behind this whole conspiratorial darknet. But uh, that's even more confusing because uh, oh my god, I can't keep track of all these names. Uh, Amane travelled back in time and lived and died as an old woman living with him. There's just so many. So I'm going to need like a 5D graph. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like describing and, a murder mystery backwards trying to talk about this it makes sense when you're watching it but then when you try and talk about it you're like, oh, oh wait back up back up back up back up and it's <laughs> through all of this also to mention the fact that obviously he Okabe is trying to do this to to mostly save Maori but yeah. Suzuha who is as you mentioned a time traveller she's also mm -hmm. pressuring him to undo all of this to get back to to cross the world line to prevent, the, as you mentioned, as you said it earlier, a time travel, a, a time machine cold war. 
uh, because by yeah. making time travel, you have by making by creating time travel and putting it out in the open, you have laid all bets off and have started World War Three essentially. Mm. And it's worth mentioning that she has a really good analogy about uh, time traveling from one set of like timelines to another set of timelines with, I think, strands of rope. And it's about jumping from one major strand to another and all that kind of stuff. So it's very good at communicating its own logic, which when we describe it without the benefit of like 26 episodes of planning, sounds nonsensey. But it's and very he, grounded when you watch it. Yes, trying to condense a 24-episode time travel series into an hour of pure audio with no visual aids. It ain't easy, guys. <laughs> um, and I, again, at, back on kind of Okabe's journey uh, and his character development, it's as he gets Moaka's message back and still hasn't quite crossed into the, the, the alpha timeline uh, but is, you know, getting, but is kind of getting closer and closer. He, hmm. you know, it starts to sink into him. It's like, I might be fixing this and Mayori might survive, but, you know, 20 odd episodes earlier, he remembers that to go back to the Alpha timeline means Kurosu has to die. And it's, again, for a man that's already gone through so much to have to just decide the fate of two of the most precious people to him Mm. that's engaging drama and this is after he's already kind of seen uh oh i don't know why he uh suzaha not seen exactly but he's heard her commit suicide through despair and like there is in fact two or three characters have committed suicide in different timelines and come back so like he is in loss of people who haven't died yet. It's a very unique form of drama. Like he yeah, he is inundated. He is surrounded like by this point he is a man surrounded by the shadow of death. Mm. Uh, and eventually he just he 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 he's finally pushed into accepting the the world as the greater good and going back in time. But try, but still holding out the hope to try and save Kurosu, um, using the help of using the help with the help of Suzuha, mm. uh, and eventually does get back to the prime the primary timeline. Mm. But in one more, excuse the the pun, twist of the knife. Of mm. course, it turns out that in a just a shadow of fate. He murders Makase Kurosu. And it breaks him. <laughs> mm. He is he's done. Nobody could act like by this point, he he doesn't care anymore. Like there's to him, there's no point in living. Uh, but the only person that can actually shake him out of this turns out to be himself from 15 years later, because this show isn't done with time travel yet. Of course not, because like you know, they've twenty-five episodes in. They've earned their Doctor Who Deus Ex Machina at this point. It kind of is. <laughs> I, like I, I, by this point, I'm not. I, I think I'm not. I'm not going to put it against the show, but it totally mm. is a Deus Ex Machina. Just to be like, okay, we're gonna, we're fine. We got one piece of the puzzle left. We're finally going to do it. Oops, you killed her, but you're going to fix it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really because it feels like we've reached a bittersweet ending when he uh, lets her die effectively to reset the timeline. Mm. It's kind of it's an earned victory lap, but it feels like kind of they've jumped into the happy ending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, in in fairness, there there is still a, an element of bittersweetness because by going back, mm. he has still gone back to a point where. Uh, he had to go back. He had to go back to a point before he ever met Makase Kurosu. and as he says it, you've given me the greatest three weeks of my life, but you'll never know about them. Yeah, and then the show wraps up with him meeting her, and then it's just kind of left on an ambiguous note. 
And I kind of like Hope, a hopeful one though. It's a not like the end yeah. of the actual butterfly effect movie where they pass each other in the street without talking, like not that kind of thing. Like no, um, and like I, I liked, I really did enjoy the ambiguity of it. Of they finally get to met, and it's kind of up to you on whether they can fall in love again. Uh, which, by the way, if you're still listening, you didn't know that. That's what happens. <laughs> um. Yes, of course. And yeah, I, I, yeah, and I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was very, uh, I thought it was profoundly beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was very, very tasteful, and like, there is a weird sort of mirror thing of in the first episode, he was imagining he was this sort of crazy scientist, almost for attention, and he sort of to win, he has to buy into his own nonsense to save the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but now, after having gone through truly an ordeal, uh, he he can proudly call himself a mad scientist, but he's much more grounded. Uh, and he has a fully-fledged uh, future gadget research lab with several members. <laughs> That's true, yeah. He sort of takes the long way around to back to where he started with his sort of big imaginary theories and he ends up with his team but he brings with him all the kind of charisma and interpersonal skills that he learned along the way yeah and and like it really for for as as kind of convoluted and tightly wound the show is it really does manage to wrap it up and finish uh with a bow on top it, it managed to really kind of tie up every loose end just, yeah, there is a, there's a sort of your name-ish quality to the end, isn't there? Like, Oh, God, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, if I'm comparing anything to your name, it's, that's, it, there, there's a good light there. Uh, okay, <laughs> so. Uh, so, going forward with the show, so where, what's, what's happening to Steinsgate now in the year 2020? Well, <laughs> shortly after the series wrapped, uh, the Studio White Fox, uh, produced one more OVA episode, which is uh, an, an anime original episode. And it kind of is just a just a, another 20 minutes with these characters. It essentially takes place after the events of the main series. Uh, Kurisu invites them to go to LA. And, you know, you just get like a little bit of each character. Uh, and it kind of uh, confirms that... They, that she doesn't exactly remember Okube from the other timelines, but the memories are kind of sinking their way into her. And it basically just affirms that, you know, they are falling in love. Uh, personally, yeah. I, I wasn't huge on it. I think it, I think it undercuts, I think it undermines the, uh, the, the, the original ending, which I just, I love to bits. But <laughs> it is, it, like, if you want, more time. It's one more episode with these characters. That's that's kind of what it is. Uh, past that, uh, in forms of other content, there is also a movie, which I only found out about in doing the research for this. There is a sequel movie where the events take place after the series. So, like, back in the Prime timeline, I know next to nothing about it. And I've heard next to nothing about it. So it could be good, it could be trash. Your guess I'm not sure if a movie would be big enough to have a plot like this, though. Do you know what I mean? It would have yeah, to be a very simple problem. There is a really, yeah, there is a real, like, what can they actually do to... Yeah, like, I mean... To do this. Um, so that's yeah, like, like Dragon Ball Hero Aka, just invent a nonsense baddie and put it somewhere between the series and let people have popcorn. Done. That's fine. This yeah. show, I'm not sure how you could lend it to that form, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I have to give. I think I have to give it a give it a shot out of just sheer curiosity. Uh, so that is oh, called yeah. Steinsgate the movie, uh, Load Region of Deja Vu. So I suppose I have to find that somewhere. Uh, that's that's my weekend. Uh, so past that, there is also a full pseudo sequel series. Um. As I mentioned earlier, when I brought up the science fiction, the science fiction adventure series of visual novels, uh, each of them had their own kind of spin-off visual novels, and Steinsgate is no different. So, 
the Science Gate visual novel had a spin-off called Steins Gate Zero, which itself then got an anime adaptation. And Steins Gate Zero is a funny one because it takes place in the middle of... It takes place canonically in... around the penultimate episode when Okube goes back in time, kills Makase Kurosu to get back to the prime timeline, but before he gets the video from himself 15 years later. And the series then explores an Okube Rintero who went through everything and didn't get the happy ending. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose in a, in a show where parallel universes are a thing, really, when you, you have the license to kind of do any story concept you want, as long as you do the work, right? As you mentioned earlier, like, the video from the future is a, was a deus ex machina. This is a 24-episode series to almost go a bit justifying that. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I'm not one to talk. I'm listening to a Doctor Who series, which is specifically about Rose trying to reach the Doctor in between the series. So I'm all in for that fill-in-the-gaps content. No, it's, it's, it's definitely... It's, it's a very, like, it's a good series. I, I watched it myself as it came out. It's a good series. Um, it's not, like, it's not very, it's not as tightly scripted and as solid as, as the Prime series. But, like, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating deconstruction of the characters we got to know past everything that happened in the main series. Um, and it brings up just some kind of interesting concepts. And again, you know, knowing everything that he went through in this series and everything he's going to go through in Zero, when he finally gets to that end point in Zero, knowing he gets the ending of the Prime series, there is catharsis in that. But... Right, uh, okay. So, that, so it's worth your time if you like it. Like, if, you, if you really did enjoy Steinsgate, I would give Zero a shot. It's, it's, don't expect right. the same amount of quality, but it's more of this. Uh, so past that... I think you'd get a kick out of this, Kian. Steinsgate has radio plays, so it's really pulling Gimme. off Dr. Fluke, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Who influence. <laughs> uh, so it's got a bunch of internet radio plays and drama CDs. They are all in Japanese, so I guess you're learning Japanese now, Kian. Yeah, uh, I guess that's my guess that's, new lockdown that's, project. That's your life now. Uh, and past that... There is also a recent, it was announced in January of 2020, that Skydance Pictures are producing a live action, West, a Western live action series. Oh, oh my yeah, heart exactly. just went up and down there. So, you know, we're getting live action, because it seems like every goddamn anime of the sun's getting a live action series nowadays. So I guess that's another one. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I understand the business model, like take a popular thing and make a thing. But like, I mean, if people see the inferior copy, they're almost going to be less inclined to go check out the original. Although I will say that wasn't true of me in Death Note, but you know. Yeah, Death Note's a funny case study. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's Steinsgate. Uh, the only thing I'd like to add is that in my research, I found out that on the popular anime forum, my anime list, uh, it is currently sitting at the second highest rated anime of all time under Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Now, obviously, this isn't the definitive metric. It's an imperfect system. It's, it's a live forum. It's like Reddit telling you what the best anime is of all time. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it really goes to show just how popular this series actually is. Yeah, and for a series without a lot of bells or whistles in it too, it is mostly a psychological drama with some science thrown in to kind of amp it up a bit, you know? Oh yeah, no, sci-fi dramas aren't exactly, you know, the hottest thing. So the fact that yeah. it managed to get this far on that is truly a testament to the work itself. Uh, and I think that that's, and I think that that's about uh, that's about it for for as far as Steinsgate goes. Uh, Kian, do you have any final thoughts? Um, God, just thinking about all the stuff we didn't even get to. We didn't even get to the fact that that 
Dara was the Dara was the father. I we I don't know. I still don't know who that person was that was talking to in the time vortex. Like, there's just so much to unpack. Oh yeah. No, I hope anyone listening like isn't intimidated by it. It's a really good ride. Like, yeah. No, it it does a it does a great job of holding your hand through all of the the nitty gritty and the convolutions. So that's going to do it now for for us here uh, for Steins Gate. Uh, if you want, if you have list, if you liked what you heard, and you really want to get and you want to watch Steins Gate, as we mentioned earlier in the show, it is currently available for streaming on Netflix. Um, so that's going to be us. Uh, Kian, is there anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, actually, no. And apart from like depending on when this is going out, just go check out all the wonderful channels on the Nerd to Know. Check If you're obviously listening to the Anime Crash Course, check out Doing It for the Exposure, Straight Outta Kanto, The Game Corner, Wrestling Rewind, From the Dark. There's loads of really cool things, and some of them have slowed down because some of us are back to work, but we still got a lot going on. So just go check out all the wonderful stuff. Yeah, you're here on the channel anyway. You might as well just see what everyone else has to offer up because there's some, there's some fantastic stuff out there. Dara's going to go find Atlantis at some point. That might very well be out by the time this comes out. Who knows? The future, the future is an unknown. <laughs> so that's that's going to be us. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KevTalica94. And we hope to see you next month on a new episode of Anime Crash Course. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 